Pepsi shirt? What is that? Oh, oh, Demon's Tilt. I oh, gotcha. So. I'm wearing I'm, I'm wearing Caldor. Welcome to the Completely Unnecessary Podcast for uh, March 29th of Tuesday, 2022. We're, we've sprung forward. We're in spring. Uh, that's Ian. I'm Pat. On the show today, we'll be unboxing lots of fun. And I'm, <laughs> we're talk, We'll be talking about... Um, uh, yeah, an unboxing. <laughs> uh, PlayStation Plus revealed their tiers and prices. Uh, Breath of the Wild um, and other goodness, DMCA, Bungie stuff, fun fun times. Uh, you have fun this weekend, Ian. I did. I did. I uh, I went to uh, all. I went to a bunch of the museums in Balboa Park with Vani. Um, the Museum but, of Man. No, didn't do that history? one this year. We did the. Um, so we went to the Fleet Science Center, which didn't really have any like thing going on, and uh, honestly, kind of a letdown when there's nothing going I on. There. I haven't been there ever. That one, it's small. It's definitely more aimed towards kids, and I'm sure kids have fun there. But even like looking at it from the angle of the kids, there's just not there's not like a specific exhibit there. Like okay. I went there once before for the video game exhibit that was there for like a year and a half. Everyone talked about it, and that was okay. And that was okay, but yeah, this was. Whatever, kind of small. Um, went back to the natural, uh, the the nat, the natural history museum, which I love. That's uh, nice. The fourth floor had a, a, an exhibit on um, California wildflowers and how um, uh, uh, climate change was affecting them, and that was that was something that was like right up my alley. We were walking by the net and they had like a, a banner hanging outside for the exhibit. And we we're like, Let's. I love those banners. I was like, I want to go do that. I love the, <laughs> I love the banners on, outside of, of history museum. I remember the national, yep. the, uh, the natural history museum in New York, the big one. Have you ever been to that one? No. Wow. That's, that's the one that has the famous, uh, big giant fucking, uh, elephant thing out front. Uh, I'd love to go. I love, I love natural history museums yeah, like that. That was, that was the best trips ever. The, the, the trips, from school, we went to the Natural History Museum every two, three years. We're always the best. So that one was cool. And it's great to have the Balboa Park Explorers Pass because, like, these museums, you know, they're like 20 bucks a person for admission. Yeah. Um, the pass, you flash it, you go up to the fourth floor, you enjoy the exhibit that you want to see, and you, you leave. Oh, it's a day pass for all the... all the. Or oh, no, we have the year pass oh. for all of the museums at Balboa. It's called oh. the Explorers Pass. I should get that. I just force myself to go to the... Museums. The art museum is really nice too. Um, and then we went to the Minge uh, International uh, Folk Arts uh, Museum, and that one was awesome too. I, mean, I think I was to the regular art one. I don't think it was to that one before. So yeah, good weekend there. And then um, yeah, it was excellent. And I played a lot of Kirby, which we'll talk about shortly. What did you do? Talk about it now if you want. Yeah, sure. But Kirby, how was Kirby? Kirby in the Forgotten Land came out, and uh, Kirby in, in the bombed out mall. And I was uh, super. Excited and looking forward uh, to this. Um, I w- I had they they had you know shown the previews and people were like, well, great, it's a you know 3D Kirby game and this you know environment looks interesting, post-apocalyptic, uh, you know, in, in, a, in a Kirby way. Um, 
And they introduced, you know, in some of the previews, the new mouthful mode, which I was afraid might be too gimmicky. The mouthful mode is where uh, Kirby inhales something and doesn't inhale it all the way, doesn't digest. And I he did just, inhale. And he just, uh, he just keeps the shape of it. So, like, he'll inhale a car, but he'll just be wrapped around the top of it very comically. Okay. And then you can drive the car. Or he'll inhale... Um, uh, like a, a big circle from like a, a sign, a, like the letter O, and then he can use it to like become an air gun or become a sail on a sailboat. Uh, and that's like an open world area. Uh, no, the levels are pretty much defined as. I mean, they're three oh. they're three D levels, but it's it's okay. a three D game, but it's 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 pretty on rails, which is great. Um, I was excited about that. I was kind of afraid open world Kirby wouldn't do it for me. So uh, the gameplay is great. The control is excellent. Um, all of the uh, mouthful mode stuff feels great in the levels. Um, I actually laughed out loud a few times at some of the transformations. They're, oh. they're very, very funny. And uh, the, the comedy just expressed in the, uh, the visuals is, is excellent. Um, the levels themselves are all gorgeous. Um, I even thought the levels, like, I generally don't like sand levels. Uh, sand worlds. Um, you don't like sand, Ian. I hate sand in it, general. It, it gets everywhere. I hate sand. Yeah. It's, uh, it's dry. To I'm, I'm real Anakin about sand. Yeah. Uh, but even the sand levels were great. The music is fantastic. What the fuck was this line? Um, music is fantastic. The uh, attention to detail is wild when uh, it's it's just really nice to see uh, when Kirby jumps into the water he gets a little rubber raft oh, floating around him and if like you're that's using that's, certain that's well, part of his body the the raft or no he's just he's just in it it's just an inner tube he's just okay. in an inner tube and some of the weapons even like if you have the bombs if you throw the bombs they even get like their own little inner tubes and float around so there's a lot of detail that's that's really excellent to see sorry I, I don't like sand it's coarse and Rough and irritating, and it gets everywhere. That's when I was done with episode two. <laughs> that was the moment I was done. Was that was actually just... him? Yeah, that's, that, 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 that's the yeah. wow. That that line is so bad. <laughs> you, and that's one of the, the they what they filmed that that stuff in Italy. That those scenes of the beautiful architecture yeah. stuff. But like then you have the worst fucking beautiful uh, scenery and the worst fucking dialogue ever put in a film. And I, I, I was done with. That's when I realized I was done with Star Wars. At least that I was done. With that, with that romantic subplot in, in giant quotes. So I, I think the Kirby tra- Kirby transitioned perfectly into 3D. Um, I loved the game enough that I saw the credits roll last night on it, and I got it Friday. Wow. So I I played through. Um, there's did you hundred percent it? No. And there's obviously stuff oh. afterwards. There's levels that opened up after the main credits. Spoiler, of course, there was. There was only six worlds before the the main credits roll. Um, but yeah, go out and get it. I think it's one of the best games that's on the Switch easily. Um, and it's just joyful. It, it's it's joyous to play it. It's a happy game. Uh, well, I'm happy. You, you're always big into Kirby. Mm-hmm. You always like it. Big Kirby guy. Um, I have to uh, point people to a GoFundMe real quickly. Uh, Trevor from Top Loaded Gaming. Um, their, their house was destroyed by a tornado from Hurricane Ida. Uh, was that last year? Um, so if go fund me up, I'll put the link in the description. I threw a few bucks uh, their way. If you can put, put a couple bucks towards them, that, w- that would be very helpful uh, to get them back on their feet there. Uh, Trevor, I brought him up. He was one of the only uh, interviews ever of, of the former CEO, Tommy Talrico, 
that actually asked hard-hitting questions. Uh, this was like two years ago. Um, and he actually made Tommy angry and upset and blustery because uh, Tommy realized that this guy's actually asking intelligent, reasonable questions. Right. And it isn't just going to uh, you know, virtually fillet me for the interview because I'm a quote-unquote industry legend. So there's, I'll put the link in the chat if you're watching on YouTube or below uh, for Trevor there. Um, my weekend was uh, setting up the, the, new, the new old iPhone X <laughs> that Alex gave me. We talked about a little bit on the on. On the on the exclusive uh, Patreon dot com slash CU podcast exclusive uh, video this week of the podcast and um, I don't know I had I had sort of like a recovery weekend which has been a lot more of them recently I'm like booking booking flights and getting stuff in order for the weekend and I have this something looming over my head and it's an N sixty four book that like I have to work on. Uh, April, like April, I, I'm going to dive in and really work on this book. And it's like, I'm not running from it, but I'm, I'm, it's, it, it, it's dreadful. It's like, it's, it's over my head working on this book, it, it, which is funny. Cause like most of the hard work is done and now it's just putting it together, but it's like, I, I'm too, I'm getting too old for it. I'm feel like Danny Glover. I'm getting too old for it. I'm getting too old for it. <laughs> getting too old for it, Ian. Um, real quick, I want to point out it's not on our docket, but uh, I've been thinking about this, and I, we have an answer. Uh, Playdate is shipping soon. Oh, uh, Playdate! Is, I was starting what? to wonder because what? they said they said uh, uh. they said end of they said they said early uh. 2022, which to me would mean end of first quarter, and it is just about the end of I, the I, first I, quarter. Okay, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, Playdate said yesterday, as we hurtle uh. towards the end of early 2022, uh. a quick Playdate update. Group One's batch of brand new shiny playdates are on their way to our fulfillment center in California as we speak. They still need to be processed and gradually shipped, but it's almost time. Thanks for your patience. We only speak when there's news because otherwise it would be a wild roller coaster for you. Our logistics company got hacked, shipments froze, oh, our battery factory closed for weeks because of COVID, etc. But we're working hard every single day. And then uh, next, we'll be emailing everyone in Group 1 to make sure your mailing addresses are valid. Please keep an eye out for that. So, so you're in Group 1, so you're, yes, you're going to get matter your... matter of fact, I am checking my email right oh, now. <laughs> I'm in that Group 2. I had to go to Sprouts that morning and shop. Otherwise, I would have been in Group 1. I, I just missed it. Wow, the logistics got hacked? Yeah. It's a bummer. Who's hacking uh, dear old uh, panic over there? Yeah. For the play date. I like they said that. Yeah, we're not going to give you enough until we know our shit's in order. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, you, you, it's, it turns into PR nightmares, yep. obviously. We've seen, we've seen examples of that. You go the fire pro method. Hey, it's done. It's coming out in like four weeks. Yep, <laughs> exactly. That's it. You got it? It's, it's coming out. Yep. That's what it is. Well, except for the most recent one. But I remember D... Z, all of those dropped super quick. Yeah, you had no idea they're coming out. I was like, yeah. oh, let's just, Here it is. let's just Google it or whatever. All the web it back then or Lycos it back in 98. Lycos. Oh, it's, it's coming out. Ask Jeeves it. Hotbot. Hotbot. That was one. Which one was the dog? That was Lycos. That was Lycos. Okay. Uh, web crawler was the was Web the crawler old, was like the, the original one. one that I used. Yeah. Then you realize, holy shit, this is awful. And then Google came in and sort of like streamlined it and had better results. I remember all the web being a good one because it like it reached the far reaches of the web. All the web. You can find some shit you can find. Back then, there was like 17 different search engines and they all had different algorithms. Obviously, Google won out. And now we just have Google and Bing. I, I don't know what else we even have anymore for, for searching. Anyway. Yeah, Google, Bing. Uh, so uh, another announcement, uh, a delay now, 
because Nintendo uh, game development is a little bit different. But uh, Breath of the Wild just announced this morning the sequel was pushed back to spring 2023. Originally, they wanted to come out this year. And they said, sorry, it's not going to happen. Did Here's- they ever officially announce it? As, I'm not trying to make excuses. I think everyone assumed it was coming, but I don't know that it was ever like solidly announced it's coming this Christmas. I mean, they originally announced this thing like a year and a half ago. Sure. So, I mean, like, oh, more almost with footage. And so, like, uh, <laughs> it's fine. You had, um, what's this guy, uh, producer, EJ uh, uh, Anum- Anuma. Ionuma, he he said, "Hey, it's coming. Sorry about that. Whoops." Zero Donald Dennis. That's him. Um, oh, they previously announced they were aiming for a 2020 okay. release. Man, Nintendo's not have luck with these announcements with Metroid Prime Four. And well, this. Prime is a yeah. Uh, Prime is a very different thing, but Prime that that's might be the biggest, I guess, blunder Nintendo ever did. I guess in terms of like <laughs> the Virtual Boy. But I mean, but that came out like this has been sure. five years sure. of, since they originally announced Prime Four. I think it's five years. I think it's been, and like that's like nowhere to be seen. Well, they completely restarted it. So. That's what I mean. Like that's yeah. that's bad. In five years, you, you can you could, uh, God, yeah, that's nuts. So it's been five years. Yeah, it was pre-pandemic. It was that was a long time ago. Sure, that original announcement. Um, anyway, so that's going to be next year. We can wait for stuff. We can wait. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's been a really good year for the Switch, anyways. So, want, um, and there's still stuff to come. I'm I'm not particularly worried about it. You want to talk PlayStation Plus, Ian? Uh, PlayStation it- Plus is adding three tiers, and I have not seen exactly what the tiers offer, um, other than they offer retro games. So they're going to start offering uh, their back catalog. This is um, kind of hot off the heels of what Nintendo did. Uh, by including game libraries uh, with various tiers. The big difference is Sony's first-party titles, they've got some good stuff, but it's not like they have the the first-party cachet that you know Nintendo or Sega or any other company uh, does. Um, they have God of War, Gran Turismo. God of War. <laughs> Well, they did say that, uh, at least at the start, unlike Prappa. unlike the Game Pass from Microsoft, they're not going to do the AAA games uh, day one on Game Pass. On their, their version of it, on PlayStation Plus, they will not be there uh, day one. They said maybe in the future, I think, about like day one. They need that They need that cash for you to buy that. Sure. Um, so these are the tiers they got. It's going to come in J- June, and it's going to roll up. Because they used to confuse me, the things they had before, the different things. They're going to roll it all. T- what, was it? what was the two different things they had They before? used to have uh, PlayStation Plus, which was their online thing. And then they had um, uh, uh, PlayStation Now, which was their streaming. Yes. And uh, some of the games could be downloaded, uh, their streaming service. Uh, now they're... M- Combining yeah. those and just doing three tiers of a service that each tier offers okay. something different. You get here's the three tiers: PlayStation uh, Plus Essential. It's, it's the same PlayStation Plus service that currently exists with no change to the current pricing. Uh, what's the current pricing? I don't know. Sixty bucks, fifty bucks a year. Okay, it includes two monthly downloadable games, discount save game, cloud storage, and access to online multiplayer. It's the, it's the basic thing you need to, to function the console. Right, right, right. Um, okay, plus extra. Uh, includes a catalog of around 400 PS4 and PS5 games that can be downloaded at any time while you're a member. Okay, that's pretty cool. Okay. It includes first-party and third-party games, but no new exclusives will launch into the service. In the service. 
Uh, it's 15 bucks a month or 40 quarterly or 100 yearly. Okay, that's a jump up from the original uh, right there. Um, and no then, new exclusives will launch into the service. Okay. And then here's the big one. Plus premium. All the, all the extra, you get all the essential, all the extra benefits, all the 400 games and first party, third party games. And now you get 340 extra games in the catalog. And this is the retro ones. You get PS1, PS2, uh, PSP games for streaming and download. And then PS3 games will also be available, but only to stream. Because it's probably too big to download all of them. I don't know. No, it's uh, it's because uh, the PlayStation Three is fucking weird. Oh, really? That's yeah, why? it's just we, you couldn't you couldn't download them on the PS4, PS Now either, it, and that and that's the killer for me. Like, there's a lot of PS3 stuff I'd love to play, but I'm not. You're not. You don't I'm not them. streaming them. Uh, streaming can can be carried out on PS4, PS5, and PC. Okay, that's cool. You can stream on a PC with your. With, that's that's pretty cool to get on the PC. Uh, premium members will also receive time limited trials of some games. That'll be eighteen a month, fifty a quarter, uh, or one twenty yearly. So basically, they're saying no one's going to get plus extra. You might as well spend twenty more bucks to get all the PS One, PS Two, PSP, and PS Three games. Right. That's what it is. That, that, that I mean, middle that, tier I, is usually there is. to convince people to get the highest tier. You're either going to go the low tier. For sixty a year, whatever it is, and then or one hundred and twenty, they get all the retro games. You're going to get several hundred games between PS One to PS Five, basically. Like this middle one is useless to me. Sure, but that's how they get you, Ian. That's what I'm saying. Why get a medium drink when the large is twenty cents more? That's how no one gets the no one gets the medium drink. You go small or large. You don't sell the middle tier. You use the middle tier as advertising for the higher tier. Yeah, that's basically what happened there. So, is this something you'd be interested in? Yeah, I mean, it, it's something I would do if, if and when I eventually get a PS5. I'm not, I'm not into it for the PS4. Uh, I wonder how great the the, the PC uh, app and service will be. I'm not familiar with it. Uh, you know, obviously Microsoft, that's their bread and butter. Like I, the PC, so right. like theirs I, is probably perfect. No, it's absolutely not, oh, it's not perfect. I've talked about that on here. It's not perfect oh. at all. At all. It's actually surprisingly shoddy. Um, so no, no, Sony no, no, doesn't no. have to do a whole lot to make it competitive. I just my problem is streaming. I I I am not I'm not into game streaming. I just but you, need a, you need a good connection, a solid connection. Yeah, and I have one, but still, it's just like I hate the I, I, yeah. You just hate the idea of itself. I, I don't like the idea. Yeah, you, you want to have it like locally, locally. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, and then until it's bulletproof. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. GTA Plus is now there for six bucks a month. Everything's a service. See, a podcast is technically could be a service. <laughs> podcast is service. Podcast service. So uh, GTA, everything's a plus. GTA Plus is GTA's online new monthly subscription on PS5 and Xbox Series X. For six bucks a month, you get extra GTA online rewards. Uh, you get bucks to spend in there. Five hundred thousand uh, delivered automatically. Um, this is all. So for the first month of benefits, you get five hundred thousand plus uh, five hundred thousand dollars 
Uh, the Principe Diveste 8. I don't fucking care. And I don't uh, care about any of this. Um, this is... I see this being... I'm, I'm, I have not seen how this is um, being received in the community that, that plays this game. But I would imagine that it can't be very positive. At this point, this game is so old that I think introducing this is like that final cutoff for the, the hardcores. And the people who are really into this are going to buy this, and the people who don't are going to fade away. Because they're already spending money probably in-game, so why not get this? Right, why not get this? And the people who don't get it are probably the ones who are like, maybe I've had my run with this and I don't need to. Because I have a feeling these bonuses are really going to set the people who do pay uh, apart from the pack. What's this car meet thing? You, okay, opportunity to win a vehicle and uh, you get Slusa merch, tattoos, and modding shops. This is this is virtual, right? This stuff is virtual. So there's like there's a car meet up in the game with your car and these contests. I don't know, man. And so, but anyway, you get your, your your with this subscription that that fee is waived. In, I, I get this is like The Sims. <laughs> this is like The Sims to me. This is you're you're living out all because it's okay. This is weird. Uh, yacht owners can upgrade to the Aquarius Super Yacht at no additional cost. The Gusset Frog Tee and Broker Prolapse Basketball Top and Shorts automatically added to your wardrobe. Um, this is, like I said, this is a whole subculture I'm not familiar with. The GTA, like this is weird to me. I'm, I'm reading about this stuff, and it's just okay. Two times car meet rep on the street race series. Wow, they really built out, built out this universe. Yeah, this is okay. So all, all this stuff you can do, bro. Broker prolapse basketball top and shorts. Prolapse can mean a couple different things. Um, yep. Yeah, I can. Uh, so, okay. Well, uh, you don't need a, a subscription at ultimatetano.com. No, you don't. Uh, but if you want to buy something, you know, you get something in return for it directly, like uh, the t shirts, uh, the limited t shirt, and others. We have the, uh, the Yoshi, uh, there's less than 10 left, uh, combat. Uh, print signed by uh, CG artist extraordinaire. My friend Yoshi worked on Star Wars, Mandalorian, Walking Dead, and other stuff there. Um, you got the RBI baseball stickers. You got the enamel pins and the books, of course, all at UltimateNintendo.com. Uh, my 100th stream happened last week. Uh, Ian showed up for a minute and a half at twitch.tv slash country, country code. Country code. I was in an Uber. You didn't listen to it. You just said hi. Everyone left. Yeah, I chatted for uh, for the length of my Uber ride. <laughs> you didn't hear me do my little party thing. No the horn. <laughs> no, it was fun. One on one's happening this Wednesday. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, and I will be finally coming to the Midwest Gaming Classic in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. My first time in, in Wisconsin. That is April thirtieth and May first. Um, it was. This is years in the making. They were supposed to invite me out, and then I finally got invited out. And, uh, in 2020, and then a little pandemic happened, and everything got canceled. <laughs> right. I already had booked my flight and everything, so uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, my pal Norm will be there with me. Uh, no news yet if he's going to be a roommate or not uh, there. So there you go. I'm also on Cameo, cameo.com. No news yet whether we're sharing a bed, bunking. <laughs> like, oh, no, there are nice rooms there. They're going to put us up. In <laughs> I know, I know. Room. I'm just thinking it's funny that you're like, no news yet on whether well, I mean, we're like, roommates. You know, no news yet, because people don't, don't love our relationship as roommates. <laughs> people love our relationship. Yeah, it's it's, it's a sitcom. Uh, you want to talk about Bungie, Ian? Yeah, so this was interesting. Uh, was this, it, was, Ian? this was brought to our attention. No, 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 you brought it to my attention this morning. Well, it was brought to my attention this morning, and <laughs> you I brought, brought it to, it to your attention. attention. Yeah. Um, so Bungie uh, is uh. getting... Uh, they've got some nasty words for YouTube uh, regarding uh, their lousy DMCA... 
um, security loophole, customer service, the fact that takedowns essentially on YouTube are way too easy. Um, so what happened is, uh, here's the gist as far as I can tell. Destiny 2 is free to play. For mo- uh, is free to play. Um, Bungie really wants to encourage a community there because obviously with a free-to-play game, the best way to get money from your customers is to encourage a community, then they buy into the products as they're, they're it's playing. Free, it's free yeah. advertising. It's free advertising. Yeah. So Bungie, I guess, has uh, been trying to promote use some some user created content um, and i guess they got into some hot water earlier uh, late last year or earlier this year uh for some takedown stuff uh community takedown stuff and they're like okay we're going to change our ways and this is how it's going to work well someone went and created or multiple people went and created uh some accounts that uh looked like bungee accounts and then issued a bunch of dmca takedown notices to uh, user created uh, player created content uh, some of it I believe even on Bungie's own uh, channel uh, Jesus. A- and got the stuff uh, wrongfully taken down this of course uh, caused a huge backlash uh, against Bungie who had been in hot water for this prior and had come out and said hey we're going to make this right we really do want this user created content so Bungie is pissed and Bungie is now filing a lawsuit against 10 unnamed individuals uh, for basic, uh, de- I think it's like basically defamation, uh, damage to the company image. Like committed fraud. Committed fraud, ex- exactly. Yeah. So these people are, are definitely going to have the law, and they have been very angry with YouTube over the fact that um, it's way too easy to be any, any little shit, essentially, can go and issue a DMCA takedown. And uh, a lot of the time, YouTube is going to issue it because it's uh, a more or less automated process. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bungie said that it took them and they're Bungie. They have money. It took them company. It took them all weekend to get Uh, the thing sorted out. They had to go through multiple, multiple layers. They said they, of course, got the take the copyright strikes and the takedown strikes against these creators uh, reversed. Um, They got the videos back up, but it was a weekend long process for them. And I mean, like I said. This is Bungie. If it took them all weekend, imagine the... You have no shot in hell if you're just a regular person. They used a... Let's see. It looks like one of our individuals used a Gmail address modeled after those used by one of Bungie's IP protection partners to send out a wave of DMCA takedown notices against videos that weren't actually infringing any of his policies. Jesus Christ. Yeah. The same address was then used to send messages to content creators claiming that authentic takedown notices issued previously were, in fact, fraudulent. Defendants also allegedly sent abusive messages to to the Bungie's legitimate IP protection party. Oh boy, they're in trouble. They're in trouble. This you can't do this shit. And don't think coming like 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 Bungie's not going to sit idly by. So it'll be interesting uh, to see if YouTube does anything at all. I, I I mean I don't know that they will, but I mean now you've got you've got these this big company. Um, you know, calling you out for these problems, and I mean that's unfortunately a lot of times what we need to. Um, see changes in this sort of stuff. This, the lawsuit includes a step-by-step breakdown of Bungie's efforts to stop and reverse the false takedowns, a weekend-long litany of escalation and runaround that will likely sound familiar to anyone who's ever had to deal with customer service at a large distant company. Yeah, that's the thing about YouTube. It, it sounds like it's like it's run as like a tech company. Like, oh, we do tech, and then like customer support and what actually is using the platform is like secondary. It's like we don't concern ourselves with that it's all the tech and everything that's at least what i've heard about like the inside skinny of how it actually operates 
Like it's like it's like they're they're like just un like blissfully unaware of how the platform is actually used. Really, like at least like in general, like that's just how right. it is. It's like this. There's a disconnect. Sure. Between that, you have like the high end tech part, and then it's almost an afterthought. Uh, the rest. Oh, I've been uh, I've been on. Uh, this has happened to me before. Yeah, I'll, we'll talk about it eventually. It has to do with uh, a later topic, a certain console. Oh, this happened to me uh, for several videos. Speaking uh, of disconnects, um, oh, a popular Steam game on March twenty second. So, uh, Storybook Brawl is. I've seen it. I've never played it. Is a popular free to play card game on Steam. Uh, I've seen it advertised to me. I like card games. I've even considered playing it before. I never have. Um, but it has a uh, large and active player base. Uh, it's got very positive. It had very positive reviews. It had had very positive reviews on March twenty second. Good Luck Games uh, was acquired by FTX US, which is a cryptocurrency um, exchange, oh, and God. they bought the game and just outright said uh, it's an exciting. They see games as an exciting use case for crypto, and Storybook Brawl is uh, going to go in that direction um their ideas for storybook brawl are of course extremely vague because all details for nft projects are um they talk about how uh, the inter- they'll make sure the this is from an article by zach Swizen. they'll make sure that the integration is ethical and oh, make geez. the game and it will make the game better for players while making sure the fun comes first um and then he goes on to send to say the same thing I did. Vague promises and non-specific plans are always part of the NFT blockchain announcements. They are. There's never anything concrete. There's never a concrete roadmap. Uh, so uh, I'm, people, I'm looking at the reviews overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly negative, negative the recent reviews on Steam. So it got review bombed. It's now near universally uh, negative. Um, they're going to lose everyone. Uh, good luck, games. They made their money, but that game is officially, I mean, it's dead. There's already people, you know, talking about how dead the game is and it's time to move on and find something else. Uh, I mean, God. this is, it's just stop. And this is the thing that gets me March 22nd. We haven't really talked about NFTs recently because honestly, the NFT craze seems to be is cratering. Yeah. Um, at GDC, I heard two two sides of the, the opinion uh, or two sides of the coin. A oh. uh, friend of the podcast, uh, Daniel Greenberg uh, said that, you know, there was a lot of booths there, but no one was interacting with the NFT booths. No one cared. Then there was someone else. I said that despite the fact that no one cares, there is still a lot of talk at GDC from a certain sector about pushing this. So they're probably going to try to do it for a little bit longer. They're in the minority. But this is this is an example of, of, of how unpopular this is that you can take an extremely popular free to play game. Add, say you're going to add NFTs to it and completely kill it. It's dead. Even if even if we'll just say 10%, 15% of games implement some form of NFT bullshit, the only buy-in is going to be people that love the idea of NFTs. So the games will never right. be, unless it's like every person that likes NFT will flock to those certain games. Everyone else, like, these people are going to be like, fuck this, I'm done. You lost me. Right. This is not going to, you're not going to turn the tide. You're not. And as we've reported on here before, and other They've done know, articles have, have reported, um, the, uh, you only have a, an audience of about 400,000 active uh, NFT 
traders, people who are interested in at NFTs. At the peak. We don't know what it is at now. At the peak, right. Yeah. So you're, yeah. you're limiting your player base. Or you, or you have to try to indoctrinate new players. But, Which, at this point, it's not uh, going to work. I've, I have, in my life, I don't think I've ever uh, seen such a universal revulsion to something like that that's been, that was tried to, that they tried to sell to us. Uh, not recommended. The developer was recently, this is a comments on Steam. The developer was recently bought out by crypto company FTX that plans to use the game as a test bed for NFT monetization strategies. No thanks. Not recommended. Good luck games was acquired by FTX, a cryptocurrency company. Um, this is a larger conversation about Good Luck Games selling it, knowing that their game was going to be destroyed. Yes, uh, that's also um, something else. Obviously, but. they got money, but like, uh, it's really a conundrum. I'm going to sell. I'm going to ruin the game. We we put all our blood, sweat, and tears into that. People enjoy. We're basically that's a sellout. You're selling out. Oh yeah. I mean, because it's not like I can't imagine them being like, oh, the game's going to be better after this sale. No, you got paid out. You're done. That's selling out. Yes, in the truest sense of the word. Oh yeah. You've given up on your property. Like we're not going to do any more versions. We're not going to, you know what I mean? Like we're 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 done. We're out. We know our, our we know our audience is going to fucking hate this. We're going to lose our play. But we base. don't care. The game is done. Uh, I, I mean, honestly, not surprised to see that attitude uh, from a free to play game company. I get it, but like I, no, I mean, I, I just it's it's despicable. At the time of the game was like that was always the intent of the game. Then I'm like, okay, I get it. it's shitty, but that was again. This is like you're th- you're throwing the, your fans under the bus, right? On it there. Um, you know it's also free to play. Ian, uh, tell me, Patrick. Hater, hater. Oh, by Gator Ooze, who's now done three different uh, in television Amico uh, styled games. Remember, they did um, originally hater. did a uh, Hater Smash, which was their Astro, Astro <sighs> Smash clone uh, yeah. created in a day. Then they did uh, recommended by a certain pockets Han Ipich's uh, ten stages of <laughs> crowdfunding or the or investment, whatever it was. And now there's Hater Hater. I'm looking at the video on, on YouTube that uh, Ninja Kitty posted. Hater Hater is Shark Shark that was made in one day that honestly looks, looks better than the Intellivision Amico. And I'm not saying that. It doesn't look like a bunch of acids slapped together. It, it, yeah, it sounds like you say kit bash. Yeah. This is uh, assets that look like they belong together. It's a very simple graphic style or simpler graphic style not not uh garish and it all fits together and it's shark shark the most simple game you run around and you basically eat things and, and you're a bigger fish and you avoid sharks that's shark shark yep so i don't know can we get a whole suite of these games and put them on steam that would be very interesting and, and call it i don't know like the, the hater pack the hater pack uh, yeah you know what i mean that could be interesting maybe we maybe we'd have like a cu podcast game in here uh <laughs> But anyway, so it's just interesting to see that it really shows you how, like, the fact that people can put these games together quickly is great. Obviously, it's a lot easier nowadays uh, with Unity to do stuff like that. But it more shows you just how shallow the games are that you were expected to spend 250 to $300 for a console to get when someone could release a game for free in a day that is the same as that gameplay and honestly looks yeah. better. Yep. So... This segment of the CU Podcast is sponsored by Whatnot, the go-to app for live stream buying and selling of collectibles. You can find your favorite retro games and connect with friends and your favorite game stores on the app. No bots to compete with. No sniping. You can see each auction and the item. The seller explains the item they have, and then you bid. It's simple and fun, and it's free to join. Just go to whatnot.com slash invite slash country code to get $10 off your purchase. Use the link or find it in the app store in Google Play. 
make a profile, add a credit card, and you can be bidding on a live auction in under a minute. On Friday, April 1st at 5.30 p.m. PST, Whatnot is running a fun retail rally event with Cody from Mad World of Gaming. They do it every month, and this month the theme is Super Nintendo. You will have a chance to purchase Super Nintendo games at their original retail price. This includes some heavies like Sonic Blast Man 2, complete in box, Pocky and Rocky 2, Loose, Earthbound, complete in box, and more, all for $50. What? Go sign up and get yourself some retro games. Head to whatnot.com slash invite slash contra code to get $10 off your purchase for any new user on the app. Whatnot. Buy, sell, and go live. But speaking of the Intellivision Amico, Ian, uh, coincidentally or not, I tweeted, after we finished recording the podcast, within a few hours, a video was put up, comments restricted, uh, on the official Intellivision Entertainment YouTube channel, uh, uh, unboxing the Intellivision Amico. Unboxing. This is not the first time that they've put something out. Uh, they've released something uh, suspiciously close to uh, the time of the podcast ending. <laughs> and before you say you guys are too full of yourselves, I will just remind you of two different things. Three different things. Uh, Tommy, uh, he's made, they've made it perfectly clear that we live in their heads. I don't yes. think that's full of ourselves to say that. To- uh, Tommy has publicly admitted he attempted to troll us, Ian and me, with the upside-down controller in the Finnegan Fox video, publicly admitted that. That was one of the first instances of, like, I can remember of people who were pro-Amico being like, this is nuts. This is ridiculous. That was the end for why, that. Why the fuck are you trying to... Tr- why, a, you're lying your ass off, but sure. two, why are you framing it like you're yeah. trying to troll a podcast? You're a businessman. That's when we knew, like, there wasn't a war to be won. It was done at that point. But but not just that. There's a fifty five zero minute video we've never really publicly commented on that to- an un- quote unquote unlisted video that he posted publicly that Tommy spends fifty minutes trying to justify his weird antics on forums and tweeting at us aggressively, and it's a bizarre video directed at us fifty minutes, not fifteen. And so that's the example of them knowing how we operate and trying to work around it. And we will comment on that video at some point and go through it. I think that'll be a fun, when this is all over, that'll be a fun thing to to do. Yeah. So that aside, this video comes out. Comments are turned off. There's not even a description in this. It's just an upload. So so this is my, before we get into it, I will say this. We don't know when they filmed this video. If it was a month ago, two months ago. One of the individuals in the video I recognize as an employee that showed up in, in one of the uh, hangout videos that happened last year where Tommy's walking around while they're eating food or whatever. So there are employees involved with, with part of the gameplay at, at the end. But um, it's an eight-and-a-half-minute video, and uh, I think the goal of this video was to say, hey – we are a professional company and we have a product and we have to make sure people in Europe and in Germany still think that this is happening. We have to make sure that our partners know that we are a functioning company, even though behind the scenes we are on our last legs. So um, it, it's clearly not a a video for customers like just about everything they've ever done. It's very clearly an investor video. It's a video for investors. It's to say. They need someone to offer them money for their product, to buy them out. 
or they go or under. Give them more money. This is the last ditch effort they have, so they figured let's grab everything we have and put it together as nicely as possible and show people what we have. And I, I, I'll say it: um, not having Tommy on the video does go a long way to uh, improving um, uh, the 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 initial feel of the video. Uh, I'm not positive on this video, but I do think it's Absolutely the most not positive. No, no, but I do think it's the most professional video they they've put out, which is not saying a whole lot. Uh, the lack of Tommy uh, and this don't take this the wrong way because I'm not big on John Alvarado either. No. Guy's crazy. Um, I, I mean, fucking crazy. But um, he puts on a better public face. However, the video falls apart pretty quickly. Um, it, 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 it's it's a it's a it's a facade. It's a, it's, it's a Potemkin village. It falls apart as soon as you start to look at it. It's deception. It's deception. Um, it's not. It's not a retail unit. Uh, it's a. Um, it's, it's a it's, handmade prototype. It's a handmade. Pro- it, it, it's prototype. it's what you've seen floating around. It's probably something that was at one of the meetups. Um, it's what you've seen in the videos prior. These exist. We've never said that these prototypes don't exist. Uh, what we want to know is what's in there. With no manufacturing, um, it's very likely, and we've said this all the time, it's just an Android box in a shell. There's, no, there's nothing special or proprietary about the Amico right now. It's literally a box that you could probably buy online, load up these API, or these uh, APKs, and, and, and run them. Well, they definitely didn't have a board uh, in 2019 when they showed out E3. My source no. to say it was an orange pie um, in, in, uh, in basically in the shell. Uh, regardless, if it, whether or not it's, it's a, a real board or not at this point, these are prototypes. These are yeah. not retail-ready oh, of course unit, not. units. And that box was probably made a year ago. Or whenever Tommy uh, in the past has said, oh, we got this awesome box. You've never seen a box like this before. All this bullshit. Uh, it was a revolutionary box. I'm serious. These are things he said. Like, I, I know. And yeah. one of the big things that I just need to mention is Tom. Tommy's bloviating and overselling of everything is 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 easily one of the least likable things. Um, this, this, this box is going to do things. He literally said the box is going to, it's never been done before. Well, this is the thing about the physical uh, product. This hasn't been right. done before. And you even had a bunch of uh, their, their, their cultists like got an early look uh, go along with it. Oh yeah, this is revolutionary. I think the only and, time he ever talked, uh, referred to me by name in an Atari age post uh, where he said, yes, Ian, you do need the controller to play these games. Uh, people were saying this was revolutionary. This yeah. shit. Was revolutionary, revolutionary, horrible. How you can put out a physical product for games that will never be released—that's revolutionary, Ian. Uh, they try real hard in the video to make it look like the, they, like I said, they try to make it look professional. Um, they open the box, which has been around for a while. You can see dings on the. There's box. dents on it. It looks. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a one off. It's been opened before. That, yeah, that wasn't made at some plant somewhere. That's a one off they had made. They don't have a stack of these. Yeah, I want to see like like them flattened and stacked up to the right. ceiling. No, they have they have yeah. they have a sample. Yeah. Um, they even had like a, uh, you know, they, they wanted to show off. They, so they take it out, they unbox it, and it's like, oh, here's a quick start guide. A quick start guide that misspells their own fucking company's name. Yes, it, it was in television with an E for at the last set of an I for vision. It was awful. And then that web uh, URL. I mean, the, the spelling errors, just yes. the spelling errors, like throughout this whole thing are just mind boggling. Higher. Hire someone to actually do something. Hire a copy editor. Did you see the grammar errors in the side of the box? Yes. Like, we're talking, like, dashes where they shouldn't be and dashes where they should be, where, like, you could just get a, a, a $15 Grammarly account and put it in and it would have found these errors. This is how rudimentary these errors have always been on their videos and in their... It's 
It's bad. It's Bush League bullshit is what yes. it is. Bush League bullshit. So um, and then you look at the the, uh, you know, the quick start guide, which is, you know, shaped to fit in the the box. So it, it has a custom shape. Well, that would have cost a lot of money to get custom printed. Oh, they didn't. All it takes is like two seconds looking oh. at it. It's like raggedly cut with scissors. Yeah, and plus the, the plus the the instructions URL is no, it's a four hundred four on Intelligent site. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. Uh, the even track no, if you go to the actual intelligence.com slash instructions, there's nothing there. It's Hilarious. Just, it just says there's nothing here. Hilarious that they couldn't even throw no, like they they, they can't, couldn't even they do couldn't that. even like yeah no. get the get the facade they couldn't extend it out further. Yeah, the side of the box has grammar errors. I didn't put them down, but like they are bad. Um, they don't know that the difference between nouns and adjectives using dashes. And I'm not saying everyone should be perfect, but this is supposed to be a professional product right. by a professional company. Um, I, like, he said, I remember he said two brand new Amico controllers. No, they were scuffed. We saw, we saw evidence of them being scuffed and marks on the screen. Let me just say this. This is not even a sample unit in terms of like, they would never pack the controllers like that just laying on, on the console. They would be, they would be packed individually. I thought they were packed individually. I'm pretty they sure were, they were in separate. I, I just, they were laying on top, you know, on the console. Uh, when he opens it, they're laying on top. I thought he pulled them out of two separate compartments. Ian, I, I love you, Ian. Okay, that's fine. I'm just saying I'm just I saying, thought he like, did. You're giving him too much credit. Go to 140 in the video. They're just laying there. That would never happen when you're when you're when you're shipping electronics that no. delicate. Oh no. Especially since there's so much there's so much things in, in that controller that could go wrong. Those things would be protected. They'd have their own like layer of protection themselves uh, for there. Um, I love that the box says there's there there's six best selling games on this. When these games haven't sold anywhere. Right. Astro Smash sold uh, 40 years ago a different version. Cornhole hasn't sold anywhere. I guess if you mean the people that bought the physical units and set them up, you can't, you can't cheat like that. Uh, skiing, people have gone skiing, you know, in, in the mountains, but that's not, that's not a best selling game because it hasn't been released yet, this version. You can't just say things are best selling when they're not. No, that's got to be an FTC violation. Well, uh, I mean, honestly, it probably it's, falls it's under puffery. puffery. You can probably Best selling. Uh, you could. I, I, you probably be like, well, cornhole does sell a lot, like of yeah. actual stuff. You, go to, you can go out to the to f- fucking Dick Sporting Goods and buy a set. Either way, it's extremely scummy and deceptive. Yes. Also, I wish. Uh, I wish he would stop. It's it's one. Of, it's one of his favorite words. Everyone has favorite words. You know, someone long enough, you know, they yes. use them a lot. Premium. Premium is one of his favorite words, and I fucking hate it. There's nothing premium about these games. No, there's absolutely nothing premium. Uh, let me just say this. Speaking of FTC violation, nowhere in the video, in the description, there's no little text saying that this is not a retail unit. This is a prototype unit. That could be an FTC violation to, to present it as this is a final product when this is not a final product. And to further to go further with that, um, when they set it uh, up and turn it on, it's it's pre set up. Yeah, and there's more games than the six pack in games. There's games that would not be included on there. Nowhere, I don't think it's mentioned that this is like no, not included. Uh, they do a really uh, scummy little fake downloading of the game, but I think John Alvarado even says, says store's not set up. Store's not set up. There is no store. There there's never no will store be. that exists in the back. Uh, the store doesn't exist in the back end. I, I, we've, doesn't exist. And then they spent uh, like two minutes of an eight minute long video going over language options. Yeah. Let me go back to let me go back to the, the fact that they don't say it's not a retail unit. This has thirty two thousand views on it. This video. This has thirty two thousand views. Comments are off, so no one can inform people. Hey, listen, that's a prototype unit. 
He doesn't say it's a prototype unit. So what does that do? That makes people, it tricks people. This is where it goes back to deception. It tricks people to think that this is ready to go, potentially, because most people aren't following this as, as, as well as we have or people that are listening. Uh, my friend, uh, a smart person, I love this person, has been following this based upon our coverage. And I have his permission. To, I asked him, to, to, this was his text when he saw that. I actually kind of bought the unboxing at first, but now I'm not sure. I mean, if it's a mock-up, I'm not sure whether I mind it being called an unboxing. Just a matter of, like, are these being made in mass or what? That's my point. This is tricking people to either potentially realize this is still coming out anytime soon. Right. It's not coming out this year. I, we know that. Um, even if they got a, a, a mass amount of funding. But it's tricking people that have pre-orders to not cancel them. And by the way, I have screenshots of people that six weeks ago still haven't gotten the refunds yet. Wow. On this. Um, and it's also potentially tricking people to now buy this shit. People might, there might be a couple people out there, you know, I'm not saying uh, it's right or wrong. Hey, this looks like it's coming out. I'm going to put my pre order in now. This is deception. Yeah. It's fraudulent not to say that this clearly, and I mean clearly, that this is a prototype unit in a one off mock up box. It's awful. The AC adapter uh, for Europe is a, is a U.S. one, North American AC adapter, and it's obviously not fresh. The, 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 oh, the yeah. wrap was not proper on it. They just shoved it back in the box. Because once again, um, they probably got like – it was probably like, uh, print your company name on these cords. Uh, get a free uh, a free trial today, and they yeah, sent them know. one like one free power cord. <laughs> but this was whatever shit they had on it. They had the box in the corner. They had some control- controllers laying around. They had, a, they had a lenticular card printed on this. Let's just let's just throw this video out there. Uh, it's bad. It's desperation. Um, John says early on the box is an important part of bringing Emiko to the public. The box is probably the least important part of, of bringing the Emiko to the public. Also, 44 seconds, fully functional Emiko for European partners with no store, no RFID tap, uh, NFT for, capabilities. no NFT capabilities. Uh, the lights weren't on at any point. I don't remember seeing, so uh, it's not fully functional. No. Um, it's it, and Hans. Uh, he he's, why did they ship it to Hans? By the way, Hans uh, tweeted out or posted that. Oh, I have it. This is a dream come true. Except for the fact um, that he's been carting the same fucking units around Europe, running the demos. It's it's smoke and mirrors. Yes. Um, there's grammar errors, like I said, on the box. Uh, John thanked the localization team. He thanked the localization team at the beginning for helping to, uh, on the box. Um, that was quickly pointed out that the translation, at least the yeah. French translation, is absolute dog shit. Only yes. one of the words was actually translated properly. All of the other words were translated in the wrong context. Um, yes, the local Zilchie team, John, was translate.google.com that was used. Right. Not just on the box, uh, probably, but also uh, in the in-game menu, uh, which we'll get into for switching out the languages. It was an embarrassment. People were saying right away the French is all wrong. The French is like, I um, guess, the worst. The one guy, I think, like the the word they chose for redeem instead of like redeem like your game, it means like to redeem yourself, like in the eyes of God or something like that, or in the eyes of someone. It, um, it's crazy. Uh, we got to talk about the startup, the deceptive startup of the system. That to me is, was the biggest red flag of all that people might not have noticed. Remember what? Uh, 
based upon our product, we're like, we want to see the Nico boot up. And then like a month and a half later, uh, uh, Tommy and John, this was, what was that? Late 2020 show the Amico booting up. And it took more than a minute to go from power on to when you're actually using the controller. And, and Tommy it, pulled the Sean Spice and was like, it was 30 seconds. Yeah. It was like, no, it's over a minute. I went back and rewatched that. So in this video, you see John, uh, hit the power button. You don't see it come on the TV. It cuts to it cuts away from the one shot we're showing John and push a button. You don't know how much time passed. You have no idea how much time passed between the power button and getting to the menu. But you do then see the table again and the uh, the quick start instruction paper is gone and the console's been moved. So uh, yeah, there's a lot of cuts. I think the the system moves like three times during the video. All I know is this. I think it's again deceptive not to show the actual boot up time. If it was Ian, if it was instant, I don't think they would have cut away. No, if it was not. ten seconds, they wouldn't have cut away. No, someone had gathered some responses from John Alvarado in a in an Amico chat afterwards, and he said that it was edited because the boot up time was long. Still long. Two years later, still long. Um, the settings uh, they changed the settings. They're all German. The text was still English on the side. It's a sloppy error. It was there, and if you notice that, you click Deutsch, and it, it, it was still English on the side. Oh. Um, Tommy, he said Tommy's favorite Italiano. Can we fucking stop with this shit? Can we stop with with, with the Italian jokes and shit? I'm an Italian Amer- American. Let's, can we just stop with it? Just stop. Um, no password was entered for the Wi-Fi. The console was pre-set up. Yeah. Uh, you put in a store setup with a zip code. European countries don't have a zip. They don't use a zip code uh, in Europe. Some some Europe, uh, some countries in Europe don't have uh, even a postal code at all for their location. Some do. It's a different format either way than a zip code. Just another sloppy error uh, that that wasn't set up there. And the six ten e you you touched on this. He said the store is not active yet. The store is not active because it doesn't fucking exist in a functional form. Yeah. That, that, was, that, that, that was that was said in the uh, the, the SEC filing the document they they need they need at least what was it one point five million for the back end or something, something like, like that. that it was like we need a third of the five million for for firmware yeah. stuff and back end stuff and cloud and then and then they butchered my my cornhole Not, that didn't sound so good oh my god <laughs> they butchered my cornhole they so cornhole remember remember summer of, of two thousand twenty one. They showed in one of their parties, just off the side, Tommy said, hey, let's look at Cornhole. And then John was there. And then, oh, we've had it, we had to throw out how the, how the motion worked because it, it didn't work on the Cornhole. The motion didn't work. Now you got to hit a target and do an arc and then throw it. it doesn't, it's not one-to-one motion anymore. So in this video, Ian, even compared to Cornhole when we first saw it, the graphics were nerfed. They yes. were a lot simpler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the textures on the trees were most noticeable. Um, and also, when they throw the bag, it doesn't look like it really throws the bag until you're almost done with the swing. So it's not one-to-one. It's not like a no. wee bowling thing where you let go and it goes. There's a obvious gap where it they just it doesn't seem like they figured it out where like it's taking the data and then transferring yes. it and then doing it it's, so a, po- it's, it's a power meter basically yeah, and then exactly and then spitting out the result um and if you've ever played cornhole uh one of the you know things that's a big part of the game is how the beanbags will slide or move around after they've been or tumble or tumble um these just stick and are done like they're like they're fucking 125 pounds i think it was very telling that in their demo they did not show one bag going in, into the cornhole yes they did not i remember that too i was like come on show me <laughs> show me like that this works that yeah. you can aim this and they couldn't show that 
in their video. No. It's it's a disaster. It's finished. It's ready to go. And then this actually annoyed me more than I thought. The Moon Patrol co-op mode that they showed. They had the balls to say, "Oh, the- uh, where where it's like it, it just it just fucking parcels out the controller, right? They're, they're, Each person controls one button. Their, their co op mode with their expensive tech is literally what Ian and me used to do in the marathon, saying, "Oh, you're gonna run in Mega Man, and I'll do the jumping and shooting. Yeah, we're just gonna divide out the control functions, but between four people." I guess so. One person does the jump, one person does the shoot, one person does the speed. Premium, revolutionary multiplayer couch co op gaming for the family. Right fucking there. <laughs> oh my God. Is there anyone, even a Moon Patrol fan, that would use that mode for more than 30 seconds on a lark? No, because it's a fucking cheap cop out. It's not actually fun. So they, they tacked on the gameplay stuff to make it seem like this or is, this is a marketing video as well for maybe for Coke Industries, who's doing the distribu- distribution in Europe, or for the German partners. Or maybe the Bavarian Grant people are like, what the fuck's going on with this, that all this money's been put into this? Maybe they're trying to get more Bavarian Grant money, probably. I want to know what uh, happened to Bomb Squad. I mean, I, I know what happened to Bomb Squad. They, they didn't pay them any money, so they stopped working on the game. Uh, uh, just, I mean, just, like, just like with the other, other ocean games. I'm, I'm assuming yeah. that's how it is for all of these. Um, <laughs> But all the good stuff, but it's really telling, too, that there's nothing going on there because Bomb Squad was touted as by by Tommy and others as the game that was like going to be the killer app for the Amico, I think, more than the other stuff, because they said it was going to use every single function. The Amico controller, LEDs, and the system had touch screen, screen sounds, gyrometer. Yeah, it was going to use it all. Microphone, it was going to use everything. And uh, nothing. We haven't seen any of it. It hasn't been demoed. That would be the game to demo if you really want to show off the system. Yeah, that would be that would be one that would be a packing game, I would think. Because I would think it's the so one that would have to use, use the, the controller. controller. The one yes. that well, you have to use the controller on this with with different colors and things let alone the fact that some people are colorblind and that would affect how they could play, but whatever. Like that, that would be the one game. But then you realize, ah, uh, they probably never went past, past proof of concept when they showed in that one video. Yeah, and I mean, from everything we've heard about the controller, there's no way they could have done anything particularly advanced on the, on the touchscreen. There's not enough space. No, you have, a, you have one megabyte. You can, you can do like yeah. a picture. You can do like a fish, a, a fish gif on there, basically. <laughs> so in the midst of all this, and obviously people knowing this is a disaster, on on uh, our favorite website, Atari Age, they they are allowing a thread called "Is the Amico Dead?" to be there uh, the past couple of weeks, which isn't which is good because it should be there. You should allow this since you allowed the Amico uh, to get uh, basically marketed there, and it was used as a home base for attacking critics like Ian and myself. So it is turnabout is fair play, at least in terms of this. You should allow people to w- realize what's going on with this disaster. Yeah, I think even uh, Atari Age right now realizes that coming out as pro Amico would be uh, uh, would be seen as uh, very bad. But, but even staying silent is like taking a side. You sure. have to point out right. uh, how bad this is at this point. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, 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 there should be a thread I'm putting out there uh, with all the people that haven't gotten their refunds. Don't be afraid of Tommy or in television. If you want your refund and you didn't get it, say it loud and clear. If I got to read a list off of the people that still haven't gotten their uh, refunds, if you want me to, I'll do it. We'll do it every fucking week. Uh, put their fucking feet to the fire. I don't care publicly uh, people have gotten a couple. I've, I'm, I'm seeing reports of people literally asking back in February for a refund and haven't gotten one yet. Put their feet to the fire. 
Uh, all their patents got rejected, too. We saw that. That's not as big of a deal, uh, but it just shows that they have nothing at this point still. Right. They have nothing. Uh, and, and they have, uh, I think, up to six months uh, in order to uh, go back and, and re- re- refile. But that costs money. It, uh, not just refiling. Uh, patent lawyers are not cheap. Um, that whole process is – but, like, I think they waited to submit, in because they could always say, oh, we're patent pending. It's patent pending. Right. At well, some point, at some point, penny patents. Right. Exactly. Once there's no pat, pat, <laughs> pending patents, they have nothing to say. You can't have a sale saying, oh, we're selling our patent pending stuff. No, at some point, there won't be any patents you can potentially even sell. So the value of the company drops. Like, this was all planned. They could have submitted these patent, uh, patents two years ago, a year and a half ago. But then by now, you realize they'd have no patents. Yeah. So it's all a game. It's, it's all a fucking game. It's a game they're just trying to get more of your money. Uh, on it. It's all about the game. Where you play it. Oh, he retired in Triple H. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, that's a whole other conversation. C plus. C plus wrestler? C plus Is that what Bret Hart? Bret, oh, no, Bret Hart used to say, show me a five-star Triple H match or something. Like yeah. Or a four-star Triple H. It's like you can't find him. You can't. Whole other conversation there. Um, that's all really much I have to say. I think it's really scummy and deceptive not to clearly state in the video, state in the video and have in description and have text at least twice saying, uh, no, this is a not a retail unit. This is a prototype. Yeah, subject to change, like something to let the person know. Oh, I'm not potentially being tricked. Yeah, that's a whole part of of, of the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, to make sure something like that didn't happen. Uh, doesn't happen. Otherwise, it becomes false advertising on it. So, all right. Anything else? There's going to be another video released literally two hours from now after we're done recording. <laughs> we'll see. Time is money. Don't waste either with repeated trips to the post office. With Stamps.com, you can skip the trip and focus on how to take your small business to the next level. Stamps.com lets you print official postage right from your computer and saves you money in the process. So you can spend less time at the post office and more time making your customers happy. I've used Stamps.com for years to ship out CU podcast pins, T-shirts, video games, books, lots of things. They've saved me tons of time. It's very, very simple and easy to use stamps.com saves you time money and stress for more than 20 years stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses stamps.com gives you access to all the post office and ups shipping services you need right from your computer and get discounts you can't find anywhere else like up to 40 percent off usps rates and 76 percent off ups whether you're in office sending invoices a side hustle etsy shop you're selling an ebay or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders stamps.com will make your life easier easier all you need is a computer and a standard printer no special supplies or equipment required you're up and running in minutes printing official postage for any letter any package anywhere you want to send stop overpaying for shipping with stamps.com sign up with promo code cu podcast for a special offer that includes a four-week trial free postage and a digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts see why i like using stamps.com just go to stamps.com Click the microphone at the top of the page and enter code CU podcast. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. Uh, Ian, we got a Patreon. Patreon.com slash CU podcast. Go pay, receive. Um, <laughs> go pay, receive. Go pay, receive. Like a betting machine? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go pay, receive. Uh, get the full video podcast. Um, you get hangout sessions once a month. You can get bonus bits of the podcast. Uh, you can participate in these poll topics. I do a writing once a week. Are, are, are we had a very um, 
not intense, but very nice dialogue this week about social media and how it changes our behavior and things like that. This yes. Week. Uh, our Patreon poll topics this week, Ian. In um, second place, what is a Norm Winkle YouTuber? Uh, 34%. It's an article about our pal Norm we want to discuss. Hint, hint. Would you have covered, in, in, in first place, 66%. It's like bait. Would you have covered Coleco Chameleon differently knowing what you know now? This comes from a suggestion from Aaron Bossig on Twitter. Would you, seeing it go through the worst iteration now with the Intellivision Miko, would you have covered it differently several years back? Yeah, I, I mean, I think we wouldn't have even uh, couched it as an idea. I mean, we would have assumed right off the, the, the bat that it wasn't going to be um, doable. When it came out, when they announced the retro VGS, I think that, um, you know, in the Coleco Chameleon, uh, I think we knew that it was a bad idea and it was doomed. Um, and we knew that it was going to be difficult, but I don't think we realized how impossible it is. Now that we've seen a company such as in television. Uh, well, we didn't see the point at the time. We didn't see that, the point. Yeah. Right, right. Um, we didn't see the point, and that was the problem. I think now we would cover it from a, uh, a slightly different perspective, and that is uh, it's just not financially possible. Like, I, I just don't see it being financially possible to create a new small system like this um, that for original games, for original games, like like the Evercade did the smart thing and said, we're going to do packs of games. We don't have to worry about that. It's a smaller form factor. You know what you get. We're not going to go pie in the sky and we're going to give people what they want. They try to take the uh, uh, remember then play again, again, bullshit where we're going to do new games and cartridges. Yep. That you can't probably get anywhere else. No bugs. We're locked into 1992 basically. And that's how, what you get. And a timer like g- gaming has evolved from there. Like you want there to be potentially updates to games. Why would you not do that? So taking the old model for new games makes zero sense. Yeah. At all. No, it doesn't make any sense. At all. No. Uh, I mean, it's just not part of the uh, market. And as time has gone on, um, because they also had like a no DLC thing, mm-hmm. I probably would have hammered on how stupid that that was as well because love it or hate it. And I think most people hate it. Uh, it's, it's, it's the economic model for a game developer to be able to make money off of a game these days. They can't just count on the initial sales games, take up a lot of time to create. They need that revenue in between, you know, big releases. So the DLC has to be there for small developers to be able to, um, you know, make a living on this sort of stuff. Or that becomes just their only game that they support for several years, potentially. You know what I mean? That could happen as well. Right. If the game's popular enough, maybe you want to stay in that world. Maybe that's all you want to do. Like it limits your options so much to say no DLC. This is what you get. And that's it. That's just, it's silly. It's a lot sillier several years later. But it, so looking back, yeah, we would have hammered. I think we would have hammered that point. But in all honesty, yeah. I mean, I don't think it, the coverage would have changed that much because it's not like we were ever particularly positive on the Coleco Chameleon. Uh, I don't think we ever were. And, you know, after covering the Amico, all I can say is that our, our, our coverage would have probably if the Amico had come first and the chameleon had been second. All I can say is that we probably would have been even harder on the chameleon. Yes, because we would have saw, obviously, the track record of failure and all people's money was taken. Remember, the Indiegogo was canceled for the uh, chameleon or retro VGS, whatever it was at the time. Chameleon, 
Um, they canceled the Indiegogo because people were like, this is bullshit. We need more evidence. I did that. Well, all. and similarly yeah. to the uh, Start Engine um, round of crowd, round of crowdfunding by uh, television, uh, it was embarrassing for them, too, because they just weren't going to get anywhere near what they were asking. Yeah. Um, would we have been... I think I would have been we got I, we got blowback a little bit like you were out and then you know Gamestar did his video about me when I never said his name you know at all I, I made it at a point an intentional point not to say his name uh, being involved with the packing game but looking back at it now I think I think even with that I think we use kid gloves in terms of some of the people that came after us some of sure. the critics and looking back at it now. I would, I think, I would have been a lot more fierce going back at some of those people because there were a couple of bigger YouTubers. Remember that that even said stuff about our coverage, sure. And their little fucking um, passive aggressive wouldn't say our, our our names thing like that one fucking little troll that we both know. Like uh, looking back at that now, I would have not. Uh, I would have went more full throated at them, knowing that you are helping encourage what it looks like to be something not just bad but could be in scam territory. Yeah, I'm kind of split on that. I mean, we ignore a lot of uh, we haven't men- really mentioned any of the like the, the the pro amico YouTubers by names, but they're they're small. They're small. I probably a, a, a bigger. A, I I tend to like to ignore that because it make because they want a reaction. They want no, drama. They, they want to create drama for for so that you make a video so that they can make a reaction video and they can keep making videos and getting clicks off them. So I like to ignore it. But bigger YouTubers, yes, it probably would there have were, been a little were, bit. There were some bigger YouTubers. Uh, 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 probably would have uh, defended ourselves a bit more. Yeah, because because not, not just as I'm older, I'm, I'm, I, I'm way past the go along the get along phase of my life, especially when that YouTuber in question, I end up seeing at a convention then and not just ever apologizes, then uh, asks me for like the bro deal on my book at a convention. It, it, like not just never apologize, then fucking emba- I know it's embarrassing. Fucking embarrassing. Try to be a tough guy online and then in person. Uh, can I get a deal on your book? Who was that? I'll say it after the show. I don't want to cause drama. I think I told you once. So, like, this, this is what I'm talking about. And that's, that's, just, that's obviously it's an ego thing with me, but it's like, you stand behind your fucking words or else don't pretend to be a fucking tough guy on the internet. Uh, anyway, so other than that, uh, I think our, our covers was. Like Zadok Payet? Oh, yes. You can bring him up every fucking week. Fuck not. Zadok Payet. Um, <laughs> we got to put on the soundboard almost at this point. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think our coverage was pretty judicious. We went, went I don't think we were overly acerbic with it until we were, we even, when we were called out as drunken podcasters by Mike Kennedy on Atari age, um, I, I think we, we actually laughed at it at how ridiculous it was. I don't think we got upset about it. We're like, this, this is like, ridiculous. why would I get upset about I'm it? I'm just, I'm just trying to remember it clearly though. Like, I oh, think we were just like, I this wasn't is ridiculous. angry. No, it was ridiculous. And you knew that at that point, the company's in trouble when a person, um, uh, of that sort of um, character, when they show themselves, you're like, this is not a company that can be run properly. This right. is the person heading it. The same thing, going back to the 50-minute, the 50 five-zero-minute video that Tommy did about me and Ian. At that point, I'm like, this company's done. This is company. This, this type of person with this temperament cannot run this company properly. Unhinged. unhinged. An unhinged person that cannot accept even a modicum of criticism cannot run a functioning company like that, especially when they're all surrounded by yes-men. You cannot run a company. If no one's steering the fucking ship properly, you're going to go into the, the iceberg. Like that's, that's just the bottom line there. Uh, other than that, uh, the DLC thing is a, a big thing. Also, I think like 
just knowing what we know now about audience sizes for because that was before even the NES Classic came out. Sure, the NES Classic wasn't until late 2016. Right, like that's a huge uh, property, obviously Nintendo. But we saw how badly like even the PlayStation Mini did. Like that thing just sunk t- to the bottom of the ocean, and that's Sony. Um, so. The fact that you put out a, a physical system only gets you so far if you have no games that people want. If you have no games, like, at the time, the, the games they announced for the Chameleon were like, okay, like, this might be a cute game to play, but these are not game like changes. What was announced for the Coleco Chameleon? Uh, Tiny Knight, uh, Sydney Hunter uh, was right. announced. Um, Tiny Knight was the one I was trying to remember. There was like only like five or six, I think, yeah. announced, but they were like, these will be fine games, but you're not going to have like 100,000 people saying, I want to play this game on this console right now. It's, yeah. just, it's just the reality of it. you know. So it is what it is. Um, I would have pushed more further into what is this actually running? What what's it doing? Because oh, yes. that, uh, you know it wasn't obviously Android, but you know what, what is this? What what are you what are you actually running these? games on what's the base what's the development suite for it i would have looked a lot harder into what the developers were using or what they were claiming the developers were using. yeah remember they they were claiming an fpga remember that yes yeah they claiming fpga on that um yeah because you didn't you didn't assume that this wasn't gonna be worked on at all we actually assumed like this is eventually going to come out and flop Right, but yeah. that's one question that I don't remember ever asking that we definitely asked a lot with the uh, Amico is what are these games supposedly running on? They haven't announced any sort of specs or interiors, so how can you possibly be making a game for the Chameleon? Sure. You know, what is it? And, it, you know, it just ended up being that they were running Super Nintendo ROMs off of a, off of a you know, so well, that, it was that's a flash what they card. had. Yeah. It was a flash card running on a mini, but like at that point, I think they were desperate and realized we got to show something at Toy Fair. Right. It was just like we, 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 we they were they, that console would still not be out today. Like if, if they if they, if they were actually working on it, it probably still would never would have come out with Mike Kennedy running. It. Oh, yeah. It would have just it would no, have crashed and burned at some point. So all right, anything else in that? No, that's about it. OK, uh, we got we got uh, we got some voicemails in. All right. Go to. <laughs> all right. So matter of factly, you go to anchor dot FM slash the CU podcast. Um. You go, you click record, hopefully a clean mic, and a nice 30-second, 20-second voicemails are my favorite, <laughs> and uh, you, you get through them, and uh, hopefully you entertain us, and hopefully hopefully we all learn something, Ian. We, we all learn something. Mm-hmm. We become better people. Here's the first one, if I have it queued up. This is Duffy from Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville. What is the most recent game to have blown your mind? Thanks. Kirby blew Ian's Kirby, Cause yeah. Because he, he can eat a car and drive Quite around. Quite literally, Kirby did. It was uh, fun. My mind was blown. I played it high most of the weekend. It was pretty, oh. colorful. Uh, it was su- stupendous. It was st- stupendous? Stupendous. <laughs> Pat, Ian, this is Matt from Rochester, New York again. A question for both of you. Ian, do you have any favorite Buffalo Bills or Sabres memories from childhood, even though you're not really into sports? Pat? Have you ever considered on YouTube making just a playlist of all the voicemails for the CU podcast? I like hearing that friend who checks in every week. Um, also, I want to just give a shout out to Andrew from Ukraine. I do hope you're doing okay over there, friend. I do like hearing from you on this voicemail as well. Thanks. Bye. The funny thing about that is 
he actually left his voicemail. This is a cosmic coincidence right after Andrew left his, like in the order. Oh, really? I'm, I'm dead serious. <laughs> that's, that's great. Um, as far as like childhood memories of the sports teams, uh, I vividly remember the Bills comeback against Houston. I mean, one of the most insane. The one they were down by like 30 points. One of the most insane football games ever like played. Um, or something. Yeah, let me. I'm gonna have to look that. Because that's when up. Warren Moon was playing, right, on the Oilers. Let's see. Yeah, well, I remember Warren Moon was at. Yeah, that was a nuts one. Um, yeah, I can't. I can't pull. It I never came. I remember being in the car and listening to it. Yeah, I mean, like they, it was like they were down by so many points. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was crazy. And then I do remember. Um, so the comeback or the choke, depending on how you want to look at it. NFL playoff game between the Bills and the Houston Oilers played on January third, nineteen ninety three. Three. Uh, featured the Bills recovering from a 32-point deficit yeah. to win in overtime. Yes. 41-38. to 38. I, I remember being in the car and listening to that and going home and watching the rest of it. I forget where, where my father was driving me, but like I, I couldn't believe Just it. Just an absolutely insane thing to watch. Yeah. Um, I, I, I watched it live. Uh, it remains the largest comeback in NFL history. Wow. Just nuts. That's nuts. Um, and then I remember my first Sabres game. It Sabres was, are pretty was, good. Was, then Hasek was the best goalie for a long time, or one of the best goalies. I, I went in like the late 80s, so I don't, it wasn't Hasek, but I just remember oh. my first. I remember my uncle, and my dad taking me to a Sabres game against the Winnipeg Jets. We lost, but I loved it. I had a lot of fun. Well, those those were the be- the sweater. The symbols they had in those sweaters were so good in the eighties and nineties. Oh, yeah. The flames. Mm-hmm. The bl- I still want a blue sweater. I love that note. It's great. Uh, uh, what was what was the question for me? Don't remember, don't recall. About about uh, uh, voicemails for the CU podcast. Oh yeah, the voicemail. Yeah, you know what? I might do a compilation of a certain caller. I might do that. I think people are clamoring for that. Hey, Pat. Hey, Ian. This is Max calling from Edison, New Jersey. Drive I work on. at a retro video game store here in Jersey, so I was just curious to know if there are any stores either of you make it a point to visit, either when you go home or when you're out traveling. Um, Thanks, guys. When there was the, the, the a video game con in New Jersey, I tried to get back to Digital Press because that's that's sure the home base one that I used to go to. Um, other than that, I, I don't make it a point. to. I always get uh, potentially people saying, hey, you should check out this or offers from some people. It's like there's never time, unfortunately. It's like you have a week. It's, so it's kind of rough to do that. What about you, Ian? Is the ones you try to hit up? Uh, game stores? No, not really. When I do go home to Buffalo, I always make sure to go to Queen City Books. It's my child. It was my childhood comic book store. Um, but yeah, I, I um, you know, the the place that I went as a kid in Buffalo, Worldwide Music and Games, ceased existing in early two thousand. So uh, I haven't. Yeah, there's nothing like that for me to go home to. Hey guys, Jody from Rome, Georgia here. Quick two-parter. Pat, what's your favorite Unreal Tournament weapon? Ian, what's your favorite Monster Hunter weapon? Keep up the great work. Thanks. You go first, Ian. Uh, double blades. I always use the two daggers. It's two daggers? Yeah, it's two knives. I love it. <clears throat> well, here's the thing about Unreal. You can't have a favorite weapon because you got to be confident at all of them. Because they thought out this fucking thing and balanced the weapons properly. you got to know how to use every weapon. You get the slime gun, use the slime gun for certain situations. You get the flat cannon, use the flat cannon for, for sh- uh, short to medium range. Uh, the fucking eight ball rocket launcher, that's a good one. Whatever. Sniper rifle, long distance. So, But in all seriousness, I think the Unreal is most famous for the flat cannon. Um, there's never been another weapon like it in any uh, first-person shooter that I know of. At least they did it first and they did it best. It's a sh- basically a sh- glass shard shotgun. That, that fucking tears your ass up at close range. Nice. And they did it in such a way that you can, like, almost feel the impact. Like, the effect of the sound, and they almost put, like, a little delay in. I can't explain it. People that play on Unreal know this. When you hit someone up close with it, you see the jibs 
or Gibbs, whatever, and um, giblets. It is Gibbs, uh, soft G. And they did it in such a way that you really sort of like felt the impact of the weapon up close. Secondary, you shoot the glass ball that then shatters. That's more for medium distance to longer to arc it. But um, that was always obviously a favorite because it's so satisfying to use that. I, I was an eight-ball rocket launcher expert, though. The eight balls of rocket launcher, you load up to, what is it, uh, six um, for primary. And secondary, it tosses them and bounces them. Uh, the bounces are good to go around corners because you can angle them and bounce mm-hmm. off. And you can, if someone's trying to hide, launch the in an arc, bounces off, and hits them and explodes marvelously. The eight ball was great. You can also um, lock on with the eight ball. With the target, if you had it, on, it would actually lock on and do a heat sinking thing a little bit. That was a little more difficult to use at short range. God, I love Unreal. Holy shit. Uh, next question here. Hey, Pat and Ian. This is Dave from Long Island. Hey, Dave. I'm wondering at what point do you guys uh, start to consider yourself game collectors? Uh, this is something I've thought about for a while. I never really right. considered myself a game collector, even though I've spent my whole life buying and playing games. Um, so I'm not really sure where that line is uh, or what most people even consider it to be. But anyway, that's my question. Uh, keep up the great work, guys. How I mean, do you define that, Ian? I, I, I think it's simple. I think it's defined by if you consider yourself a game collector, you're a game collector. Um, you could have a lot of video games and it might just be a, a passive thing that you do you're not super into the hobby and you wouldn't consider yourself a collector um meanwhile you could have a small collection but it's highly curated and you consider yourself a collector i i I think it's fine you can you can decide that i think i'll go to a basic but maybe somewhat flawed uh uh premise on this one i think you become a collector of really anything when you set out to buy something that not for its intended purpose uh, that's probably a, more of a generic way, but if, if, if you're going to... I don't th- I don't agree. Cause I said it could be flawed. Can, can I, I get space to talk about it? Even? Sure, but... Okay. So if, if I'm setting out to buy games and I don't have the intent to play them, maybe I just want to display them, or I want to just have them for a curiosity's sake, I think at that point I'm now a collector. Um, if, if I'm going out and I'm uh, getting, I don't know... How do you use baseball cards? That's a bad example. If I'm getting comic books, Ian, with, mm-hmm. with, I don't want to re- read them. I, will, I just want to have them. I think at that point, I've be, I become a collector. I, th- I think that's like sort of like where you sort of go off the exit ramp, at least to me. I think that's one definition of a collector. Yeah. However, plenty of collectors play their games, read their comics, listen to their music. No, no I'm, I'm not saying they're mutually exclusive, but that's when you become a collector. Not saying you collectors don't. I'm a collector. You know, I play games. Like, like I'm saying that I'm saying that's when you become not just what you were before you're a collector. Sure. So you're both. Oh, give me that look. Give me the Ian side eye there. All right, we'll do a uh, do a few more here. Hello, Pat. Hello, Ian. It's Andrew from Bath in England, a town named after the thermal springs and not the other way around. The PlayStation feeder. I picked one up the other day. Prices of the games is crazy. Small library, but man, it's pricey. What is your opinion on collecting for the PlayStation Vita? Thank you. Uh, I think it's going to become a rich man's hobby real soon. I, really? I, yeah. I mean, the, the, the games are already getting expensive. Um, there is a lot of good stuff on the Vita, but lots and lots of that physical library is... Um, 
uh, made up of limited run stuff. Uh, and this was at a time where limited run wasn't doing open pre-orders. So you've only got what they were able to produce. Um, the good news is a lot of those games were uh, downloadable games. Uh, they, a lot of them got releases on PS3, uh, Vita. Some They got uh, PC releases. So a lot of those games started as digital games. I think it would be more likely that we would see some of those. There's other ways to play them is what I'm getting at. They're not locked and lost into the Vita forever. Now, I'm sure there are games that are Vita only that are, you know, sure. you might only. But I'm just saying a lot of that physical library stemmed from digital games that were made physical by a company like Limited Run that loves physical products. So I don't think playing the games is going to be hard. But if you actually want to collect for the system, yeah, it's, it's going to get expensive. Do you think Limited Run helped uh, create some collectors for the system, being that they helped put out these games way after... Oh, I mean, yeah, them? absolutely. I, if yeah. they didn't, it would have been an even smaller library, and I, I, I think a lot of you know people who physically collect would have abandoned the system a lot sooner. It's like they had no interest in it yeah. anymore. Hey, Pat and Ian. Dahlia from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Milwaukee. Love the podcast. I'll keep it short and sweet. Are there any survival horror games from any generation that made an impression on you? Or alternatively, what's your favorite scary movie? Thanks, guys. Um, so my favorite scary movie changes a lot, but uh, it's not scary to me anymore. But The Thing. The Thing is probably my favorite horror movie at the moment. Um, and as far as survival horror games, uh, if you count... If you count... Um, uh, uh, what the fuck is it called? Criminal Origins... What is the game? Condemned. Condemned Criminal Origins on the 360. Uh, and that only exists on the 360. I don't know if there's a PC version of it. It was not on the PS PS3. Um, fantastic horror game. Um, from a first person perspective, uh, there are some melee or uh, there are some ranged weapons, but very few and far between. A lot of the game is uh, hand to hand and there's blocking and oh. striking so you have to kind of like confront these creatures like you have to go hand to hand and get get into it uh okay. really great atmosphere uh yeah one of my favorite games uh i love it and it's uh, not a super easy one to play because it was only on the 360 to my knowledge uh resident evil 4 is fantastic sure that's a masterpiece um well, what else can you say that? It's, 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 it's like a per, near perfect game. That's great. Resident Evil 4. And obviously, there's action elements in it, but no, that's, that, there's legitimately scary moments in that game, especially the first time you go through. It was scary when you get to the town and like all the doors fucking close, and then like they send a swarm after you. You got to like go in the house and fend them off. I was like, well, this is terrifying. This yeah, actually nuts. happened. And I remember that being so hard to beat that. Like it was just like you, it was it was manic, and it didn't feel yeah. like a video game sequence to me because yeah. you suddenly have this. Uh, I don't know. It didn't feel super scripted because you suddenly have this entire village going after you. And while there are definitely good ways to get out of it, you it it, it was interesting to play that to me because it was kind of like there was no hand holding. It was like you just have to survive. Yeah, this. that's fairly early in the game. Yeah, it's twenty it's minutes like or whatever. Thing. It's like it's like the uh, first main part of the game. Yeah, like that's like this is like okay, this is for real. That's why there's no ramp up. It's like okay, fend off like fifty guys and women coming after you. Yep. You know, and let alone the fucking chainsaw guy is always scary. Chainsaw, you gotta get that guy quick oh, yeah. in the head. You can't shoot him in the gut. Pot of sweet in the gut. Surprise him. <laughs> 
Hi Pat and Ian, it's Andrew from the UK here. Uh, with the recent announcement of the Cowabunga collection, which I'm really excited for, interested to hear what uh, you guys think of the previous Turtles games. Uh, obviously the infamous <laughs> NES game and uh, some of the classics um, like Turtles in Time. And uh, also would like to know who your favourite turtle is and why. Cheers guys and keep up the great work. Well, Andrew, I'm not sure what this NES thing is, but on the NES, I love the original Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I do too. It's a, it's a hard game, but I, I enjoy it. It's fun. I think it's interesting. Um, I like most of the Turtles games in one way, shape, or form. I don't like the NES arcade game. No. We talked about We covered this. I like the Game Boy games. Pet thinks the first one's too simple. Um, but, I, I mean, overall, it's a, it's a great-looking collection. As far as my yeah. favorite turtle, when I was younger... Uh, and in the movies, I, I like Donnie. I like Donnie because he's uh, he's 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 the nerd. I like him. He's good with machines. However, um, and this is not always a popular uh, answer, but if we're just going based on the initial uh, Mirage run of Turtles comics, I love Leonardo. He's badass. He's he's fucking awesome. I love him. I was always Team uh, Raph. I was always a Raph guy. Sort of like the underdogish, sort of like little little uh, sarcastic personality. Always trying to prove himself you know I, I always identify with Raph more than anything i always i always hated michelangelo even especially on the cartoons uh, michelangelo was insufferable to me comics I, I, made him for me too but he's uh, not one of my favorites uh i hated the when he the gets his cat shit. when he gets uh, his cat in the comics he gets a cat he gets a cat named clunk in the comics oh they should put that in the cartoon and it's uh it's amazing but the difference is is like in the cartoons leonardo was the leader because he was the annoying, naggy one. In the comics, he was the leader because he was a fucking leader. That's they, why I, that's showed, why I liked it. They showed his badassery in the cartoons a little bit, at least initially. Then they watered him down. Yeah. I, I remember that originally he wanted to kill Shredder in the original like, miniseries. Sure. He's like, let's go finish him. And I was like, oh, yeah, you don't want to fuck with Leonardo. But then they got to water it down because kids can't take it when we can. Yeah, that, that always annoyed me. Let alone they never used their weapons after a certain point in time on, on, on anything. Oh, slice down a, a, a chandelier right. to hit the, the foot soldiers. Like, come on. I guess they, they showed him slicing up robots and stuff, and but like never like any. They never hit a person with a nunchuck. That was always a point. Then they got. They, didn't they get rid of the nunchucks in one of the cartoons? They replaced like the nunchucks with something. I'm pretty sure they did that. Uh, one of the '90s iterations because they didn't want kids to be too violent. Can we stop? Did you ever have foam nunchucks? I had a foam nunchucks. We all did in the late 80s. Absolutely. It was did. the time of the ninja. Brought yeah. that shit to school for, for Halloween. Didn't get in trouble. Yeah, back in my day. All right, you want to do uh, check in with someone else here? Yeah. This is what the menu screen looks like in Hungarian. Hey, it's Tony. This is what Tommy doesn't know I'm recording right like now, but my friends just came over. And he started showing him all the different languages for this Amico thing. This has been going on for like 45 minutes now. I mean, I don't. Elven. This is what it looks like in Pig Latin. I think the guys want to go get a drink now. But I'm not finished yet. Marona Santisma. This is what it looks like in Morse code. This is what, this is it, what looks it looks like, like in Morse code. In Braille. Gosh. This okay. is what I gotta hang up now. It, it probably like can't even record much longer. In Canadian. Ciao. This is. <laughs> 
There's a lot of languages on that Amico. Yeah, sure are. There's sure. Are. I think I heard Macedonian, uh, Cherokee. Not a lot of Cherokee speakers out there, but hey, if you speak Cherokee, the Amico's for you. It's for you. Macedonian. It's not for a lot of people, but uh, yeah. it is for you. They're going to target the, the Cherokee and Macedonian audience. That's uh, right. On that. Yeah, this was funny. That know. was fun. It's a decent to you podcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You only gave me a side eye once. Only once. Only once. That's usually. It's about par for the course. I usually twice. All right, y'all have a good week. Have a good one. Bye.